Hi, I'm Ariel. And I'm Twinning. And you're listening to Breaking Through the Podcast. I can't speak highly enough about today's guest. It's hard to find someone as open and honest as she is. She's accomplished an incredible amount at a very young age. She's interviewed some of the most legendary bands and musicians out there, hosts multiple radio segments which are broadcast in several cities across the US. She's one of the only female radio personalities with her own midday segment. These are just a few of her achievements. Please welcome... Megan Holiday. Nowadays, you're known and loved as the host of Seven Words podcast, regular radio personality on K-Rock and Alt 105.3 Radio. But before we get to the present, we want to hear about how your career began. Can you start us at the beginning and what led you to radio? Yes, absolutely. So I, uh, you know, I never really thought that I would end up doing radio at all. I didn't even like think that that was a career you could actually go into. Um, so really like when I was, but I've always loved radio, you know, like listening to radio with my dad, we would always listen to oldies on the way to school. And like he would, you know, give me trivia and stuff. So radio was always like a big part of my life. And of course, listening to like top 40 and stuff, like, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12. And, um, you know, so I ended up going to college up in the Bay area And that was where I met someone who worked in radio. And um, I met him through a mutual friend. We were out at their, um, and it was, uh, so I met Alt 105.3 in San Francisco. It was, they were previously called Live 105 and they would do this like summer series um, called BFD. So I went to go watch these bands and I'm there and um, I meet this guy, Menace. And he's like, hey, like, cause my friend left, our mutual friend. And he's like, do you wanna go backstage with me? Like, I'm like, yeah, you know? <laughs> so we're like backstage, like walking around. And I'm just like, you know, like my eyes are just so big. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, you know, and it planted a seed in my brain and he kept trying to um, have me come and be uh, a part of like an intern on the morning show, but I was in college. So I was like, it didn't fit with my schedule, but it planted a seed in my brain. So when I I did graduate from college, um, I ended up moving to San Diego and I got an internship down there at a station called 91X. And I uh, just, I was like a promotions intern, you know, like setting up the booths and like handing out stickers and like all that stuff. And I just started to like learn about what, like how radio worked and learning how to run the board. There was a, there's a woman who I love, her name's Christy Taylor and she was the night show DJ at the time. Um, She's now a music director at a different station in Minneapolis. And and she's, she was a big mentor in my life. And she always encouraged me to learn as much as I could, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so then after that, like, as you'll, I'm sure you'll get into with me, like, you know, I have my struggles with um, drugs and alcohol and, you know, um, got sober for a little while at the age of 21, moved back to the Bay Area and Menace was like, hey, do you want to come help me out on my night show? And I was like, yes, I do. And so I literally like dropped my bags and I was like, started working at the radio station the next day. And I just kind of like worked my way up from there. Um, I made like an air check that you put together. It's like, you know, kind of a, an example of how you're going to sound on the radio. 
And I submitted that and I ended up getting like my own shift on the weekends and then doing nights and middays. And then Menace and I did our own morning show for a while. And that's sort of how things got started for me in radio. So cool. I mean, I I think it's amazing to – I'm so glad to have you on the show for so many reasons. One, because radio – I'm very passionate about radio and I'm passionate about women in radio. And I think that you have such a strong voice. I do want to talk about the morning show. So is the Megan and, and Menace segment the same as the morning show that you did in 2012 or were they separate? No, that was this, yeah, the same one. Yeah. Okay, so cool. it was, yeah, Megan and Menace in the morning. It was a very short lived morning show because I was at the height of my drug addiction. Um, it was like when things started to get really, really bad. And so I sabotaged it. And it wasn't long after that that I was actually let go because I was um, doing some shady stuff. So, but that's kind of, it's incredible to go from, there to where you are now like how how well we we can get to this after too but like how long between that moment where you were let go and becoming sober like what was the time frame um let's see so I was let go in I want to say 2013 and I was like in a really toxic relationship we were both not good for each other and um you know we pretty much lost everything he was you know a musician so it was like we just didn't have any income and like any income that we did have was going to buying drugs so uh we became like what i like to call high class homeless and we were like <laughs> we were like living in our cars we were um staying in hotels when we could and we like sort of you know, ended up being able to get our shit together with the help of like his parents. And um, I ended up getting like a job at a winery, which is like an awesome job for an alcoholic, by the way. And <laughs> um, and then like and then it was uh, not long after that that I really did kind of hit like an emotional bottom and uh, I needed to move home. And I came home and like asked, told my mom, like, I need to go to rehab and stuff. Um, and unfortunately, that wasn't like the last time like I relapsed even again after that. Um, so it's been like, you know, so it was, I would say like I was out of the radio industry for at least three years. Um, but, or maybe it was like, yeah, I would say about three. And, um, and then it was like radio just came back into my life again when I was like around 60 days sober, which was insane. I mean, I love how honest you are. I know this is the first time us meeting so lovely to meet you and really inspiring how you're so honest and open about your journey which I think is so cool by the way I just want to rewind a little bit um it seems like 105.3 was a big part of your early career firstly I want to know what was it like getting that first position and and can you tell us a little bit more of like that moment we ever like the breakthrough moment of like oh I'm living my dream or was it just like uh, kind of like a whirlwind at first. Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a combo of both. Um, you know, when I was first helping out on that night show, I was really only popping in on the radio to shout people out. Um, we were doing the first ever user-controlled radio show where people would vote the songs they wanted on the radio um, through, like, oh, online. Wow. And it was really cool. But I didn't have, like, a big speaking part. I was just a sidekick. So then when I ended up getting that um, those weekend slots, they were really early morning weekend slots on Saturday and Sunday mornings. 
And I remember like, and I was really bad at first, you know, I mean, I had no experience. I barely knew how to run the soundboard. You know, I was terrified. One of my first shows, I thought the mic was off and I said, fuck, because it was like the worst break ever. But there's like, luckily there's like a dump button where you can like dump it and like, it'll cut out like 15 seconds of, so luckily like the fuck never went out or I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, but like, you know, I was really, I was really shitty for a long time. And, um, and then I just remember, like, I think I needed to create this persona, which is pretty funny because it's actually the persona of like who I really am kind of. And I was like, I'm going to like make this like kind of like rocker chick, like just super cool persona. And then I'm going to hide behind that. So that's literally what I did. And I just started to like feel more comfortable because I could hide behind that mask, you know, and, you know, and, and also like being a drug addict and stuff, I had a lot of shame at that time. So like, yeah, I can sit here now and like openly talk to you about all of this stuff because I've just let it all go, you know, and I've forgiven myself for, for those things. But at the time I was so shameful of who I was that I needed a persona to kind of hide behind. And, um, but I remember when things just started locking in and I started to really like feel like a fit. And I remember, um, there was a DJ who did middays at the time and her name was Kat. And she called me on the hotline and she was like, she's like, Oh my God, I just heard you like on the radio, like talk, like I played a phone call. Um, people were like going into outside lands into the festival and I was kind of calling them and like talking to them about, you know, who they were excited to see that day or whatever. And so she called me and she was like, you just sound great. Like you sound awesome. And it gave me like such a boost of confidence, you know? Um, and then like when I ended up getting promoted from weekends to then taking over that night show, like taking it away from menace, which was a really difficult thing for me. Like he didn't get fired or anything. Like he, he stayed on the air and all that stuff and behind the scenes. Um, but that was when I was like, Oh shit. Like this is, I'm actually good at this. Like, this is something that I'm, I'm naturally good at and that I really love doing. Yeah. I mean, also, I think it's a testament to who you are as a person that even through the moment when the addiction and alcoholism was a part of your life, that you were still doing well in your, in your industry. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to balance life and addiction and it's and 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 addiction is so complicated there's so many layers to it and emotions and so the fact that you still got on air and could translate to people is kind of amazing it's like one of those things where you're functional until you're not functional and yeah. and it's like i was able to do it for a long time and i don't know how i mean and i was like going to graduate school full time and doing radio and i mean i inevitably dropped out of grad school like i got like halfway done with it but i don't know how i was able to like do all of that um and then you know addiction like progresses like that's the whole thing is like the disease itself progresses and you need more and more and more and more so finally it just got to a point where you know i i was getting to that place where i wasn't really able to function all that great you know um i remember like one day i was like you know kind of like get really sick i was like dope sick and i'm on the air and i'm like my dealer's going to like meet me outside when i'm done with my show you know and um my program director comes in like he heard me do a break and he comes in and he just like pulls his glasses down and kind of looks at me just gives me a look and I just knew like what he meant by that you know and I just knew I was like losing my edge um and I go back and if I listen to like how I used to sound 
versus how I sound now, it's like two different people. I mean, granted, I was like very young. Like when I started in radio, I was like, gosh, I must have been like 24, 23 or 24, you know. Um, so that now like 10 years later, it's, you know, obviously you find out who you are more in your 30s. And also just over the last five years, I've done so much like work around myself. And um, I feel just more myself now than ever. So obviously you can hear that you know, it, it comes through like when, when you speak, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of giggling to myself while you were like, Oh, it's so young. I was 24. I actually thought you were 24. <laughs> so you will have to give me like, I'll take it. The name of the creams <laughs> that you're using. <laughs> I love how you mentioned your alter ego as well. Like, you know, kind of, did, did you pick that up from somewhere? Was that just something that you came up with? Because I know that is, you know, something that is taught in some therapies where, you know, you imagine yourself as another person in order to deal with something. It's like a, a trick of the mind kind of thing. That fascinating. Yeah, well, I mean, so when I was in grad school, I was studying to become a marriage and family therapist. Um, so psychology is the other thing in my life that I feel like I can understand really well. Um, but I don't think that I like learned that from anywhere. I mean, maybe I picked it up like from, I don't know, something, but something just in my brain was like, just create this persona. And if you do that, like you can do it. You can, you, it was like, it was in this weird way, like where even at the time, like, I don't even know if I necessarily knew I was doing it, but, um, you know, I definitely just knew that I needed something other than me because I didn't believe in myself. So I needed to use like the vehicle of this like rocker chick, this like Kat Von D type person. You know I what I mean? It. I love it. It's like the it's like the show must go on, that famous yeah. saying, you know. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I I like always wanted to be a rocker chick. Like I really like I like dreamt of just like being the female Robert Plant, but really <laughs> Like, let's be real. We'll like soft rock your your socks off, you know? <laughs> but there's just no hard rock within my body. <laughs> um, speaking of rock, um, in 2016, you had an on-air tryout with K-Rock, um, which led you to joining the team there. That's um, Can you tell us, uh, you know, the process leading up to that audition and how it felt um, finding out that you that they were making an offer. Yeah. So that was crazy. Cause there I am. Um, <clears throat> I'm in a sober living at, you know, 60 days sober. I'm barely, my brain is like barely starting to like function again. And I got a text from Nicole Alvarez who, um, at the time she was doing the night show. She does our midday show now at K rock. And she texts me and, you know, she goes, Hey, like, would you ever want to get back in radio? Like, would you ever want to work at K-Rock? And I'm just like, that's the ultimate, that's my ultimate dream is to like land at K-Rock, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, she's like, I'm going to have to go on maternity leave. Like they're looking for someone. And I just was like, there's no way they're going to hire me because it was the same parent company in San Francisco, right? So they have an HR file on me. Like they're not going to bring me back because of my shady behavior, but you know what? I, I tried anyways. And luckily, I knew um, the music director at the time, Lisa Warden, who has been just an absolute um, light in my life. And um, she was like, yeah, like, come in for an interview, you know, after I sent them my air checks. You know, and I sent them like like air checks from years before. But they, you know, and I it wasn't great, but they, you know, they were like, yeah, like, come in because she had kind of had her eye on me, you know, so. I go in and I literally sat there and I told them the story and I told them like, look, like 
I'm a drug addict. Like I'm in uh, sober living. I'm trying really hard to get my life together and I fucked up really bad. And this is like, radio is like the one thing in my life that like I love so much and I want to do it so badly again. And like Lisa was like brought to tears and I'm telling like Kevin Weatherly, like our program director. And, you know, it was like a very emotional moment, you know, and like at 60 days sober, I got to like sit, sit there and be really honest, you know, which is something that like I had not done before. And they were like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to give you a tryout, you know? So I did like two tryouts and then immediately, almost immediately after, like Nicole had to go on her maternity leave. So there I am doing like nights full time on this dream station after not doing radio for like three years. And I'm scared shitless. And I have, you know, and I'm just, it's like, it was a whirlwind, like you said before. And um, I've always like felt like radio happened to me, like It wasn't something that I sought out. It was like, it would just seem like it was my destiny, you know, Um, because it keeps, because I just, I had let it go. I was like, I'm never going to do radio again. That's it. That was a chapter in my life. It was fun, whatever. So the fact that it returned back to my life was just even more confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, speaking to you, you have, you just bundles of personality it just radio radiates off the screen and I know that you know the listeners know that we're on that zoom right now Skype even but um can I ask you like did you celebrate that moment I know you said it was a whirlwind and obviously celebration for you now is probably just kind of a different sort of celebration how do you celebrate You know, I celebrate just the same as everyone else. It's just that in my glass, I have like a club soda and a lime, you know, or like a really great mocktail that a really cool bartender will make me. Um, I it's very important to me that like I was like, I'm going to do this recovery thing, but I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, they're drinking and I'm not. And da, 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 Like, that's just not, it's like, that's my problem. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Like, I want everyone else to do what they do and to feel comfortable and to drink as much as they want or as little as they want. And I um, I just want to be, you know, my, my thing now is like, I get to be in the moment and I get to mm-hmm. remember everything that happens. And I don't have to wake up the next day with the shame and the regret and wondering what the fuck I said or did or whose bed I'm in or any of that stuff. So, um, you know, Oh, the hangovers, the hangovers, which I, I hear the the three, three days. That's what I hear. I'm hearing that like in your (laughs) thirties and as you get older, that the hangovers are just crazy. And I'm like, I do not miss that life, you know? Mm. So like I, um, I celebrate, like I, you know, I like, go to parties, I'll like stay up till 3am. It's just that like, I just do all this stuff now. And I do it sober. And if I am ever in a position where I feel uncomfortable, you know, because I mean, I'm, I've been around drugs and all that, you know, it's like, it's just, I just don't want to do it anymore. It's just not, you know, and I focus a lot on my recovery and doing like my 12 step meetings and working with my sponsor, like all that stuff. So um, but if I do find myself to be uncomfortable, like I just leave, you know, I'm yeah. just like, okay, that was enough for me and I'm going home now I'm going to bed you know yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I have to say because I I'm not I also I don't drink and sometimes I'll drink but not very regularly because I just have no you're not a good (laughs) I'm not but I remember like my favorite New Year's ever was the New Year's that I got to spend with you because it was like doing one of my favorite things we were at a comedy club and I just felt like 
no one cared what, what we had to do. No one cared if we were at like the coolest party and like what all we were just having like the best time listening to comedy, being able to remember and enjoy each other's experience, you know, and and I I think that I hope more people out there know that there's a million kinds of fun and a million kinds of celebration and you could still be the life of the party and not be on something or drunk to be the life of the party. Yes, 100 percent. 100. Yeah, that was one of my most favorite New Year's uh, as well, because I was just surrounded by so many people that I love. And it was so great to have you and Morgan there and like some of my sponsees and my best friend and my brother. And it was like everything just came together. And, you know, seeing like one of my favorite comedians, Theo Vaughn, who I just love so much. And um, we had so much fun that night, you know, and I've just kind of like learned in my recovery that like you like our it's like our energy and our perspective is everything in like creating a fun night. You know, it's like, it's fun if we make it fun. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter like where you are. It's like the company you keep and who you're around and, you know, and just like making the best out of situations, I think. I think the same goes for life, just in general. You know, you talk about energy and perspective. It's all about how you look at something, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yes, I've learned that. Yeah, I've definitely learned that um, in getting sober is like I don't have any control around people, places or things. So the best thing that I can do is be in acceptance, which is really difficult. Work on it all day, every day. But uh, like I cannot be reminded of that enough times. Um, But, you know, it's all in perspective. And I think that if we really want what's best for us, then we have to trust God or the universe and that we are exactly where we're supposed to be right now Mm -hmm. during this time. And that like, if that person is supposed to be in our life, then they will be. And if they're not, then there's probably a reason for it. And we're like, but we want to control it. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like, but I want that. I want that person in my life. You know, why aren't they looking at my Instagram stories? Like, you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) stupid shit. You know, and um, but I have to remind myself like, oh, that's just that's not meant for me, you know, and I have to trust that I have to I have to be okay with where I'm at and just knowing that there's something around the corner and that's going to be better for me, you know? Yeah. And that things return if they're meant to come back. I It's a, a your story especially highlights this uh, um, when you surrender and you just say it will be what it will be but I'm going to do my best. I mean, you say that it it happened, like radio happened to you, but you also happened to radio because you're going there every day with integrity and you're sharing your whole self in your work. And so it resonates with people. I mean, like you've interviewed some amazing, amazing people and you've had this great experience in music, but I also feel like the listeners getting a lot out of you too. So I, I find that like, people really connect with you and your voice and they feel like they're almost like a part of your life, which I'm sure can be kind of creepy at times too. I'm sure there's some fans you're just like, okay, that's a bit much. (laughs) Most definitely. (laughs) But speaking of um, like interviews, have there ever been any moments where you felt starstruck in an interview or were there any interviews that were bucket list items for you? Oh, for sure. Um, Interviewing Beck was a bucket list for sure. 
and I love him so much. He's like the coolest ever. And so now I've gotten to interview him in real life and then on Zoom or Instagram or whatever. Um, and he's just the coolest guy ever. Um, and I've interviewed, uh, so my favorite band is Deftones and I've, um, I interviewed like Chino Moreno, but it was like over the phone. This was like years and years ago. And then I got one of the first things I got to do at my first BFD that I got to host and not just attend was play ping pong with the Deftones. <gasps> and I was like, I was just so, but I like play, you know, I played it cool, but I was just so like, oh my God, this, you know, like for my first like thing in radio, it was just such a confirmation from the universe. Like, you know, um, I've, uh, let's see who else was really awesome. Gosh. Obviously me. And I mean, <laughs> of course, of course. And I've had like, I've had like bucket list people like, um, on my podcast, like Emil Hirsch, who, um, I literally like when I was like using and stuff, I would watch like into the wild, like over and over and over again. And I was just like, I have to meet him. Like I have to meet him. So then like I was at the Arctic Monkeys like after show in like 2018 or something. And all of a sudden someone's like, oh, there's Emil Hirsch. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, so I like so I like go up to him and I'm just like, hey, like, you know, to like really love for you to come on my podcast, like blah, 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 blah. So like I got his email address. So like then we start like emailing for years and then finally he was ready to come on and he came on. And like now he's like a friend, you know, like I like I love him like he, you know, and so that was really cool. Also having Mark McGrath on my podcast because I was like, dude, Sugar Ray for me, like I had a Mark McGrath poster up in my room. So like having him come, I was just like, this is so like (laughs) surreal, you know, so there have just been some there's been so many incredible moments like that where I'm just like, how did I get here? Who like whose life is this, you know? It's so funny. Twenty, have you ever had any starstruck moments? Um, well, I saw Beyonce and Jay-Z at the uh, Grammys, oh and I was, like, very close to them. Like, you know, I could almost touch both of them. And that was that was a bit like, oh, my God, you're real. <laughs> right? Yeah, real. honestly. Um, I mean, yeah. I think when you first, like, see someone, you're a bit like, oh, it's more like, oh, my God, that's them that's that's them and then yeah I think Beyonce was kind of the only one that really took my breath away in a sense I've met like loads of loads of people before but she was the one that was like (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) and she looked right at me as well I was thinking oh my god she's she knows I'm she knows I've actually got I've actually got a selfie picture with Jay-Z like he's in the background and it's it's quite a funny picture i will say oh my god no not really they're just people yeah. at the end of yeah. the day but it's weird when you grow up grow up watching like movie stars and then you meet them i mean i toured with keith the sutherland oh my god and like i've seen him in uh, you know shows before and i was just like oh, i love him like them. from stand by me days do you know what i mean oh yeah yeah he's so cool he's such he's such a rock star oh my god wait so 20 um, what do you do i'm an artist oh shit she's great she's an amazing amazing artist but i I, i'm an amazing podcast host (laughs) i mean obviously jack of all trades master truly though so what is your do you go by 20 then for your music yeah 
Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to check you out. Oh my god, you're gonna be such a fun girl. <laughs> I probably really will be though. <laughs> I probably really I'm will only be. Joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. But this podcast is about you, so <laughs> I just um, I want to talk about we men we touched on this before, but you're the creator and the host of Seven Words podcast. Can you tell us what led you to creating your own podcast and how you celebrated it once it? was launched. Yes. So pretty much I had been wanting to start a podcast forever. And I was just sick and tired of hearing myself talk about wanting to do a podcast to just one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to book a guest and then I have to do it. So um, and then a friend of mine named Leo, he um, does a horror podcast with um, and also my friend Trevor and uh, and Lauren and they it's called the Boo Crew podcast and they talk to like all kinds of incredible musicians. I mean, they've had Gerard Way on. They had Chino from Deftones. They've had like wow. just people who are really big in the horror community too, like actors and stuff. And um, their podcast is so dope. Uh, so shout out to the Boo Crew podcast. So Leo helped me set up uh, everything. Like he showed me exactly what I needed to do to post the podcast and get it all set up. And so like, I'm super grateful to Leo for helping me do that. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I just was like, I want to talk to people about real shit. I want to like have extended conversations with people that inspire me. And I want to know how they got to where they are, because I think if other people hear about just like the little baby steps that it takes to get places, it makes it more tangible for them to do it themselves, you know, because you just kind of hear about the little things that happen. And more than anything, it's just like sort of I think if you put effort and time into doing something like something will take you it'll take you somewhere it might not be the end goal that you had hoped for but it will take you somewhere and maybe that's like I think that's like where like kind of destiny and fate sort of come in oh for sure it's all about like the small wins and like the little you know breakthrough moments this is why we started this podcast because you know it's fascinating and we do it just in general I think as humans nowadays living in society with Instagram and stuff we're so focused on like what's the next thing what's the next thing that we we're never really quite present and we don't see the the bigger picture you know um so I I I really relate to that because this podcast was all about show you know showing the audience that it can be done and it's just as Whitney would say step back <laughs> <laughs> it is though because then you'd look back and you go oh wow I, you know I've just done all this and, and you, it's it's quick to forget things and how far you've come but yeah we wanted it to inspire people and I think like that's what you do in general, like speaking to you for the last 40, 45 minutes or whatever it's been, you have got such an energy and you're so open. And I think it's, you know, the strength of your character to be vulnerable and to be open allows other people to feel like it's okay. And people like you, we need more people like you because I think it makes other people feel like, A, they're not alone and they're human. Um, yeah, and then we're all stronger together, better people yeah. together. So that's what it's all about—the journey. Well, thank you. And that the no- and then you know the times when we maybe have done our worst don't define us. They can yeah. build us, and we're allowed to leave certain chapters behind, and and not everyone gets to read them, but we can 
give the wisdom we learn to other people, which I think you do. Um, speaking of moments like that, but you know, aside from the journey to sobriety, Twenty and I always talk about how the no's had have built our careers more than the yeses. Was there ever a time when you heard a no that you were like, oh man, I really, really wish that was a yes. And and how did you navigate turning it into a yes eventually? Huh. I think um like I, I feel very, very lucky with my radio career that like I haven't really like hopped around to a bunch of different stations. Like I haven't really been told no, like when I've applied, like I've gotten in, you know, um, and that's like through having connections and also through having the skill to do it, I think. Yeah. But I think, I think just one of the most heartbreaking moments for me was just getting fired, honestly. So like being given that hard no, that like you're done, you know, that was like, but it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it contributed to me hitting my bottom. And, um, and that was so necessary in my life. And now that I get to like be back on that station and do it the right way and like to have been able to make my amends to like my bosses and stuff like that, it's like, it's been, um, a really incredible thing for me. So, um, yeah. And then just to like, kind of go back to what you were saying before about like, you know, being able to like make mistakes in this life. And I I just wanted to kind of say like about that is that I, that's why I really am not a big fan of like cancel culture. And I think it is a really dangerous place that we are living in right now because it's like, holding people to this standard that doesn't exist is so absolutely unfair and because it just doesn't exist in anyone's life the fact yeah. is that we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna like we're here on earth to like learn and grow people need to have time and space to evolve if i was held to my biggest mistakes that i've made you know i would be a thief and a liar for the rest of my life and that's not at all who I am today. So, you know, I just ask people to, you know, just give people, you know, like have understanding, have empathy and have compassion for for people because we're all on our own journey. And, you know, I really appreciate people giving me the space and, and to, you know, to allow myself to like tell my story and to not be judged for it, to be like, you know, to actually be like, it's the opposite of that. It's like, you know, people respect me because I tell the truth about it. So I think like really, I think it's, it's, it's just like, I don't know what the answer is to cancel culture, but maybe if more people did own their mistakes, you know, then others would be more willing to forgive and forget. Maybe that, totally. you know? Yeah. I mean, people are not good in general at owning their mistakes. Most of the time, you know, I think it's hard to admit that you were wrong, but I'm so pleased that you said all that because I was going to say, you know, shout out to your bosses for giving you a second chance and seeing, you know, the talent that, you know, that you just radiate and giving you a a second chance because I do feel like, you know, there is a, a lack of compassion and empathy these days with, you know, just people being on screens. It's it's not the same. I think like social media is connected people, but it's it's very much disconnected people as well. There's like no feeling of like, well, would you say that 
to someone in person. So thank you for bringing that up because I think it's so relevant to these times. And also, I think that cancel culture has set this precedence that we know the whole story and that we know a person who we've never even met. I mean, that's been a problem with celebrity since the beginning of celebrity is people feeling like they are not only entitled to know everything about somebody, but that they do know everything, they, they, that they know the truth. But we know at this point that most of what we read about a person, unless it's from them directly, it's most likely been altered or fabricated in some way to sell. I hate cancel culture. I think there are certain things that are undeniable, like Harvey Weinstein is undeniable. The man should not be in a position of power. He abused it and he did great damage in the world. But I do feel like when we're trying to teach men how to behave with women, we have to give them room to actually better themselves. We can't just say, you're never going to be better. Now there are people with sicknesses like pedophilia, and people who are chronic rapists, those people, you know, they need to be reprimanded and they need to have consequences for their actions. But I do think that there are other people that have been a part of cancel culture and me too that have room to become the men we are hoping to see in the world. Yeah. And women. And women because there are women that have been a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the exactly. world is growing. <laughs> And at the minute, it is, we're living in very unprecedented times. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how has like COVID, dreaded COVID, I feel like unprecedented times, new normal should all go in the bin. (laughs) How has COVID changed work for you? Like just in your industry in general. I mean, radio has been surviving changes for a long time now with the effects of streaming. And even before that with satellite radio emerge. But um, it just seems like it's an industry that knows how to survive and adapt. How's it affected you? It's actually affected me big time. Um, So we're, we're all working from home apart from the morning shows who are in the studios. Um, and my company, um, Entercom or radio.com, they just made a massive change, um, where the, what they're trying to do or what they're doing is they're taking their top talent and, um, now are, we are on a lot of other stations. So like me, for example, I'm now on in six markets. So I'm on in Seattle, Sacramento, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and Kansas City. And um, this is all very new. This is like just like two weeks in uh, of doing this. Um, My workload has like gone way up. Um, It's hard. And, uh, you know, I... Because it's not, it's it's like I'm doing like some generic breaks that will go on all of them, but I still go into each station. Aside from K Rock, K Rock is always separate. K Rock is like that's the baby that I'm gonna always foster and take care of. And the other markets, like, but I still care about them, like you know. So I do a ton of research on what's going on in those places, and I go in and I do two local breaks per hour for each of those stations plus the 20 generics. Um, making a generic radio break is not easy. 
because you can't be specific about where you are. You can't talk about the weather. You can't talk about sports. You can't, you know, so you got to like dig in and, and like we're living in a time where there's nothing happening. So I'm just like, I'm at home again. So it's like really theater of the mind. So if I hear a story from a friend that's really funny or entertaining in some way, I will take that and I will take it on as my own story and I will give it out, you know, or I will, you know, talk about whatever it is that I'm feeling, tell a personal story, a national story. Um, But it has really, this change has really um, kind of made me see like what I really can do. And it's really hard. And I like have, you know, every day is a struggle. I'm not even going to lie. It's like really, it's been a challenge, but I'm just trying to do the best that I can and I really hope that these listeners in these other markets like feel a connection to me and that they will, you know, not be upset that their local personality is now gone because like COVID has destroyed every industry, as you guys know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, when you're in reliance upon advertising and, you know, advertising is like, well, you know, we're going to advertise on TV because that's where everybody's watching, you know, like radio, we can advertise when people go back to driving around a bunch, you know? So, um, it's been a very difficult time, I think for everybody and, uh, our company is just trying to do everything that they can to, uh, to survive, I think. So, you know, it's, it's obviously like, I feel very grateful to be considered like a top talent. Um, I, although I don't feel like that, I don't really know how that's possible, but I, um, I'm just like, okay, like I got to do this. And like, to be on the radio in Seattle is such a, I'm very grateful. Like that's, you know, it's like the birth of alternative and I'm yeah. on this like iconic station called 1077 The End and like I'm on afternoons. Like the fact that I'm on an afternoons at K-Rock and up there is crazy because normally they don't have females on in the afternoon. It was always the slot that I was like, oh, I've done every other spot, but probably never do afternoons. But like I'm doing it. And so, you know, it's during like very weird times. But, um, you know, I'm just like trying to just focus on the good stuff focus on the good stuff you know heck yes rise into the challenge i don't know if you know but you're a pretty big oh my god they're good they're gonna feel a connection (laughs) also just can we just take a moment to celebrate the gajillion milestones you just talked about because you've broken into new markets you're one of the only females that's shown that's like on air midday like that's incredible i'm celebrating you. you Thank and you. it means something to all of us as a woman. When another woman achieves something, it's, it, it feels like it's done for all of us. You know, like you did that, you're opening space. It's normalizing a female voice at that time. And it's, it's only going to get better for women as time goes on. But you're a part of this moment that it's Thanks. not normal. It, and I'm excited. Oh. I, I'm driving cross country in a couple, like in a couple of weeks, and I'm gonna be loving on radio. And I hope that I can hear your voice while I'm driving because yes. it would be so amazing. We always end with the same two questions. I want to sneak in a third question though before we do, oh, absolutely. Which is, um, what would be your best advice for someone who's dreaming of working in radio? And it would be like the advice that you would whisper to your younger self if you could. Um, here's my honest advice. Don't go into radio. (laughs) My honest advice is to use social media to 
create a YouTube channel to get, you know, learn how to freaking do TikTok, become an influencer because you're in charge, you know, or start your own podcast, um, do something where you are in charge of you and where you set the rate of how much money you're going to get paid. And it's your own followers. It's like, you, you know, you, you are in charge of the relationship. There's no third party involved that has any say or control over what you do. And, you know, radio, we're already seeing what's happening to it. So, you know, like I should not be on the radio in Seattle or Kansas City. I have really no business doing that. Um, luckily, I'm a person that cares enough about these listeners that I do my research and I know what's going on in Seattle and I know what's going on in Kansas City. But um, so, you know, I think the industry itself, I don't know where it's going. I'm, my plan with radio is to ride the wave until it crashes. Um, I don't know when that'll be. You know, I'm being very honest. I don't, my company probably would not appreciate me saying any of this, but it's the truth. So I don't yeah. care. Um, I live my life by the truth. So um, I would say don't go into radio, but build your brand online as much as you can. And then if you want to do radio on the side, great. But you don't have to worry about it. Like, you know, because I can't tell you how many people I've seen get fired in radio. Like, I cannot even tell you the absolute insane turnover. So, um, yeah. So, so build your brand online. I think it's great advice. I love that. I I love that. Not many people would be as honest as you, <laughs> and I feel like that's it's quite encouraging. Really, it is for younger people. Absolutely. All right. So our final two questions. I'll start. I'll do mine first. Is if you could relive, not change, just re-experience one of your breakthrough moments again, which one would you choose? Hmm. Man. Um. I would say, I would say like maybe, um, maybe like the first week of doing the morning show with Menace, that was a really amazing thing because I was like 26 years old and I was like already doing a morning show and, you know, I hadn't like, I was still had like my drug use a little bit under control. It was like during that like eight month period of, of us doing that show, like things got really, really bad. But I remember that first week just being really, really fun. I mean, we were like pulling like 14 hour days, like no producers, like just us trying to fucking make a morning show happen in San Francisco, <laughs> you know, but, um, but we had so much fun. And I remember like, just, you know, just being like totally amazed that this was actually happening. So that was definitely one of those moments. Awesome. And doing this with me well i mean help this is but this is like the highlight of my life right. though so we knew that. that's like a different question you're welcome you know, I mean? you know you're welcome <laughs> it's been amazing to meet you thank you so much for giving us your time considering you are so so busy we really appreciate it i think our listeners are gonna absolutely just love this story because you are so inspiring you've got such an energy about you and i hope i get to meet you in person. i know me too i do too i really um, want to meet you well all, yeah we'll all have to have a new year's eve yes, yes absolutely i uh so my final question would be um what do you want your next breakthrough moment to be Okay, so I really, really, really want to do animated voices 
really badly. Like, but I have done zero work toward making that happen. I have not done anything to make, to try to make that happen. So I need to start working toward that goal of, um, yeah, like I, what I would really love is if like someone was like in art school or something and they like were putting together their, their first like animated series and they were just like looking for, for talent, but they're like, oh, we can't like pay you a lot or whatever, but like, you know, let's start this thing from the ground up and, you know, and then I could like get in there and then I'd feel super comfortable because, you know, we're all just learning. And then um, I would love to do like the voice of an animated character and then it turns into South Park. You know yes. what I'm saying? Oh, I want to hear some voices. Oh, no. no Please. Well, we'll have to get together one day and like eat really good tacos and then just make you do some voices for us because it would be yes, amazing. Absolutely. And like, it's like, it'll just be like a spontaneous thing where I just like go into like these weird characters and it's, you know, but it's, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. And I hope that I get to do that one day. Um, you know, or like if I ever got to do anything like on TV and like host something, um, but it would, you know, something that I, that is really cool. Like something that I actually believe in, like not something that's super cheesy, like dancing with the stars or some <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? I've <laughs> never watched that show, but when I heard that Carol Baskin was on it, I, I broke yeah. my, I broke <laughs> that vow to never watch it. And let me tell you something, Same. they delivered. Yes, they, del- if, if, yeah, they did. They absolutely delivered. The Lion King performance will be a treasured memory for me for the rest of my life. I never knew I needed to see Carol Baskin in a full line costume until this show. I wholeheartedly agree with all of this. That was the best thing they could have ever done was book her on that show. Brilliant. When, yeah. And now I actually like it and I'm not ashamed to say it and I'm going to be watching until it's canceled. And I might go back and watch other seasons, to be honest, because now I think that you should. I'm hooked. Look, I've, I've definitely watched it in the past, so it's 100% A-OK. And honestly, I've been watching the dumbest reality TV show in the entire world. I've been watching Love Island. No, I love it. It's my favorite. Okay. I love it. Oh, my God. So Justine and Caleb, right? Like, that's who we want to win. That's who we want to win this season. Well, I haven't seen, I haven't season seen that season, I don't think. Oh, this is the one that's currently on right now where they're, like, in Vegas, like, during the quarantine. Excuse me? Like, I've not never on seen island. American Love Island. I've only ever seen <gasps> – okay, I, that's oh. – I'm going to enter that world. But um, I need you – as a Love Island fan now, I need you to go back to season one of British Love Island. Okay. It is I'm glory. It. it is really good. Really, really okay. good. Okay. I'm here for it. Now that I know, I'm just like, oh my God. But it's like one of the, it's like guilty pleasure. I like get in bed and I'm like, look around. I'm like, okay, putting on Love Island. Well, when, you know, here we go. When right. the world is normal, maybe we'll have a Love Island <laughs> night together because I like really yes. need friends in my like trash reality space and nobody, yes. like everyone just like, <laughs> rags on me but if ever there was a trash bin for television i am that trash i love oh yeah i love reality television i don't think it's real but i love it well it's just it's 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 mind numbing and like right now especially i just need something to just numb me out i'm like i don't care like just give me the dumbest shit in the entire world they deliver don't they they know exactly what you want and you just you're so they throw the line out Hook you in, just reel you in. I feel like your um, presenting and all your animation stuff is really not that far away. I feel like, you know, you visualize shit and it comes true. So please, when you like 
have your blockbuster premiere that you've been doing the voiceover for the anime. Just just invite us. That'll keep me. Well, I'm going to cool. have you perform, obviously. Obviously, you know? yeah. Perfect. I was yeah, going to. And then Ariel will be my date. Yes, <laughs> perfect. I'll you have like co-written the theme song with her and then I'll just be <gasps> yes! your date to all hold your purse when you do your interviews because that's very oh important. <laughs> I used to do PR and I used to be the person that walked the talent down the red carpet and there's a lot more that goes into them looking good <gasps> than they think. And one is the removal of their purses. <laughs> you are right. I was going to say, if you wanted to do an on-air audition now, we can send it to the appropriate people. <laughs> yeah, we have some friends at Netflix, so we can make this happen. I love you guys so much. We love you. We're so, so grateful to have you. Thank you so much. This was like a really, really good time, you guys. Like, honestly, Aww. thank you. Like, I needed this today. And I, I really do hope, uh, Twinny, that I get to meet yes. you soon. And Ariel, I hope I get to see I you. Know. And I also, I see happy birthday behind you. And I have, I, I like, this is the most embarrassing thing. My birthday was September 9th. I need to take it down. Oh, my God. Well, happy belated Thanks. birthday. I just like. I just, when I walk into the apartment, it's so joyful that I'm just I just say, keep celebrating. And you want to know what else is this year? Like, because my birthday is coming up in a couple weeks. And I'm just like, we're not counting it. Like, dude, this is a bonus year. Nothing counts this year. I had my debut album come out this year. I get another debut. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. You 100% (laughs) do. This is just all bullshit. So, you know, leave it. I say leave it up for the rest of the year. (laughs) Celebrate every day. I mean, I'm basically said like I'm going to leave it up until it deflates. This is my proof I don't have COVID, by the way. (laughs) I blew up so many letters and I didn't cough (laughs) once. So it's my calling card that I don't have COVID. And it's, it's my joy when I walk into the apartment. It's fine. Who needs a COVID test when you can just blow up? Balloons, they should really you know just do I mean? that. It's cheaper. Like I told my friend, she thought she had COVID and I was like, go to Target and get the happy birthday kit. <laughs> and if you can't get through a letter, you have COVID. <laughs> so, good. so good. You heard it here first. We're scientists. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you guys. So this was so much fun. Thank you. Keep up with Megan on Instagram at Megan Holiday. M-E-G-A-N-H-O-L-I-D-A-Y. You can find us on Instagram at Breaking Through underscore the podcast or on TikTok at Breaking Through Podcast. And we hope you feel inspired by Megan's story. It is never too late for a second chance. There's never a moment you can't do or become something extraordinary. We'll see you next time on Breaking Through the Podcast. <laughs>